This is a Texas Poets Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Soros. Each month we interview a well-known Texas poet to learn about the writing of poetry, the poetic landscape of Texas, and a poem written by another Texas poet. Today's program features Catherine Hirth. She is the author of four poetry books. Her most recent, Goddess Wears Cowboy Boots, received the Helen C. Smith Award from the Texas Institute of Letters for the Best Book of Poetry of the Year. Her work has been included in numerous journals, including Concho River Review, the Texas Poetry Calendar, and Mezzo Camin, a journal of formal poetry by women. Catherine teaches literature and creative writing at the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, and serves as the poetry editor of two journals, Amarillo Bay and Devilfish Review. She lives in Edinburgh, near the southern tip of Texas. Hello, Katie. Hi, Stephen. Katie, each month we invite our guest poet to share a poem by another Texas poet. What poem have you chosen for us today? I've selected Diana the Huntress Gets a Mammogram by Jan Seal. It's from her poetry collection, The Wonder Is, which was published uh, by Inkbrush Press in 2012. Jan was the 2012 Texas Poet Laureate, and she's a member of the Texas Institute of Letters. She's the author of 15 books, including a short story collection titled Appearances, numerous poetry collections, including the Parkinson's poems and Nape, and even some nonfiction. She lives in deep south Texas and has been a mentor to me for many years. I greatly admire both her and her work. Oh, and also, she makes a really mean cup of iced tea. <laughs> Let's listen now as Jan Seal reads, Diana the Huntress Goes for Her Mammogram. Diana the Huntress Goes for Her Mammogram. She had to leave her deer in the underground parking, check her bow at the door. Her turn came before she could put the touch on a woman in labor or advise a virgin or two. How did she want to pay? pay her father had influence she donned her gown right over left and left over nothing after they took off her armband they asked the date of her period she said prehistory to golden age the plexiglass flattened her breast like a discus ouch she said in greek hold your breath miss the plexiglass squeezed her sideways into tableau ouch she tried it in latin i am not from egypt Hold your breath, miss. Finished, Lady Wild Things dropped her toga to one shoulder, fetched her bow and quiver, exited in long strides. Her little dog waited by the elevator. Tell us briefly, Katie, what intrigued you about this poem. Well, on the first read of this poem, I loved it because it's so incredibly relatable. It has this tone that's on the surface a little bit light and humorous. I mean, imagine this kind of stately goddess going in to get her mammogram. And while the subject of the poem is classical mythology, we see this kind of character doing something that everyday women uh, experience. So women's experiences are really the center of this poem. And while I wouldn't normally think of the mammogram as a subject for poetry, Seal's able to play with tone and make it just completely work. Um, lastly, I think this poem is a really awesome example of a revisionist myth, which means taking like the stories and tales that make up our cultural narrative, like myths and legends and fairy tales, which are typically told from the perspective of a man, and retelling them from a woman's perspective. Let's, uh, let's talk about um, how Seal manages to take a humorous scenario and get to a, a deeper point. Um, you've written about um, how you like humorous verse that gets 
a more serious point across. Yes, absolutely. And so here she's kind of playing with, um, you know, details from an experience, but in a very light way. So we have, you know, her, the deer in the underground parking. We have her squealing ouch, right? And so it's a very, it has a very playful tone. But it's putting kind of these experiences of women in this um, in the center of stage, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, that's really, really important. I think it's interesting how she um, leaves it up to the reader somewhat to determine how to interpret the poem. Uh, it's not clear exactly where she's going with this poem. In other words, I can imagine a reader who would say, well, this poem argues against mammograms. Uh, uh, Another way to read it might be to say um, it doesn't argue against anything. It just points up the discrepancy between an imagined ideal like like uh, the goddess Diana, Lady Wild Things, and contemporary reality for women. Where where would you go with this issue? What is this poem trying to say? I'm sure you can imagine a student in a class asking you, well, what what is this poem trying to say to me? Right. Well, I think that um, in kind of giving us Diana's, well, we don't really get Diana's perspective in this, right? The the poem is told kind of from this third-person perspective, um, but it's clearly a perspective that is aware kind of of everyday women's experiences. And so I think that it's kind of putting that into into light and um, kind of by putting the character of of Diana into kind of this everyday experience, it just reminds me um, as a reader that she's every woman, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes me kind of think that, you know, all women kind of go through this these experiences, including goddesses. Mm-hmm. A man I know who read the poem, he shall remain nameless, said, <laughs> men could never survive this torture. <laughs> right, right. It shows us also maybe it speaks to the strength of women, too. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a goddess to survive a, a, a mammogram, of course. Mm-hmm. How do you interpret the reference to her long strides at the at the end? She exited in long strides. Oh, well, I mean, I think that when we take long strides, um, I mean, I think she's has kind of a bit of grace to her. You know, she's exiting you know, with her head held high, taking kind of these long, confident strides, regardless of maybe this kind of contemporary um, situation that may be um, a little bit embarrassing for her, but she's taken it, you know, she's taken it in stride, and she's got her little dog, and and she heads to the elevator, and she hasn't lost any of her goddess power from it. Apparently not. (laughs) That's my reading of it anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I understand that uh, going in for a mammogram is rather degrading and humiliating. Well, I mean, I guess you you could think of it that way, but um, Diana clearly doesn't, right? She's like, nope, this is just an everyday thing that happens, and I'm tough regardless. Yes. Yes. So um, here we have a mixture of high culture, you might say, and low culture uh, mythology and contemporary uh, prosaic reality. It's pretty unusual in, in poetry, isn't it? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I think a lot of poets kind of play with these um, classical characters and maybe in more subtle ways. But Seal is, you know, she's all she's all out there, right? She's like, this is Diana the Huntress, and we're just kind of plucking her and putting her into this contemporary landscape. And I mm-hmm. think it takes a really talented poet to kind of make that leap and make it, you know, and, and have the reader 
um, to have it work for the reader. And I think that this is a great example of a poet who, who's able to do that by playing with that tone of the high and the low culture. Yes. Um, I use, and I think she does that through humor um, and then also through, through grace as well. I mean, it's not, it's a poem that's, um, that's just very well done. Mm-hmm. And it ends in a cute way with that <laughs> dog does. waiting for her, <laughs> Diana, uh, with, her, with her little pet. Lady of Wild Things can also uh, include domestic animals. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Are you aware of a tradition of such poems and a term for such poems? I came up with the phrase anachronistic poetry, and uh, I just thought that up. I'm not aware of an actual term. Can you comment on that? Sure. Well, I mean, so anachronism, it kind of makes me think about something that's out of place in time. So I think that that could possibly work. Um, I also think that maybe illusion would work, too, because it's kind of a, making an allusion to uh, Greek mythology mm-hmm. in our contemporary landscape. Um, the term that I like to use or think about is, is, a, is this poem is an example of a revisionist myth or revisionist myth making which is um, like a feminist move of taking kind of these traditionally male-dominated stories and then casting them uh, from a woman's perspective. Okay. We consulted a a few folks about this type of poetry, looking for a term. Ed Hirsch was unaware of an actual term, but he thought maybe anachronistic meetings would work. Ah, that works. Uh, We also consulted with Alan Berkelbach, Poet Laureate of Texas, and he wasn't so comfortable with the term anachronistic poetry, but um, he emphasized what comes from such imagined meetings, and he calls it friction. Uh, He likes the friction that comes from uh, bringing a character from the past into the present. Can you comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that that's, um, there's certainly a lot of friction here in this poem. Uh, not only so, I was talking about the tone earlier, but then also by bringing the the character into the um, into the contemporary setting. So I think that that friction would definitely be um, one of kind of the powers of this piece. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much uh, friction as conflict, but no, 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 friction yeah. as yoking together two things that don't normally belong together to see what comes of that. Right, and that's when sparks fly, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like in this piece. But often uh, poets are trying through their poetry to get the reader to see something in a fresh way. So this concept of friction from anachronistic poetry, anachronistic meetings, is right in line with what poets are often trying to do anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Well, apart from Texas Poet Laureate Jan Seal, is there another Texas poet you happen to be reading right now you'd like to recommend? Well, I've actually, I work in academia, and so I have the privilege of these really wonderful long winter breaks. Um, so much of my winter break was spent reading poetry. I know that's a really, really fortunate thing. Um, so there's a lot of great work coming out of Texas, uh, from Texas poets recently, from Larry D. Thomas to Norma Cantu to Lori Ann Guerrero. Um, but I think one book that particularly relates to the conversation we've been having about uh, Jan's poem is um, a book by Wendy Barker from BKMK Press called One Blackbird at a Time. Um, I really enjoyed this for much of the same reasons that I loved Jan's poem. 
it takes kind of this honest and witty look at at the life of a literature professor and a woman in <laughs> it's filled with all of these delightful illusions and i think um that's what makes the book so successful is how she interweaves these illusions into her own life and experiences mm -hmm. great thank you katie we'd also like you to read one of your own short poems for us sure i'd be delighted I'm going to read the poem called The Bull Rider, and this uh, poem was published in my book, Goddess Wears Cowboy Boots, and um, it's another example of, um, I guess you, we could say, an anachronistic poem or um, an illusion. It's called The Bull Rider. In Texas towns, the tongues of men all taste the same like sour whiskey, dust between the teeth. I think of this as neon lights flicker above, my elbows on the bar. A man sets down beside me, smells of sweat and oil fields. He tucks his hands inside his pockets, tells his story. He was once a god on AstroTurf. I've heard it all before, another song with steel guitar. I lean in close and whisper in his ear. I want to ride a god right out this town. He nods his head as though he understands. I rise up from my stool and walk across the boot-scuffed floor. I mount the metal bull that only drunken tourists ever try. My fingers wrapped around the plastic horn. I wave goodbye to his Aegean eyes. The smell of smoke gives way to Padre breeze. I kick my heels off, touch my naked toes to froth. The metal bull between my legs turns into flesh. The coastal bend recedes. We ride all night to Crete, and I become... A woman, even gods, cannot resist. I like the way you performed that last line in particular. Thank you. I really like the way your poem engages with Jan Seal's poem. As I pair the two, Seal offers us a goddess from the past brought into the prosaic present where she feels degraded. You present a mortal woman in the prosaic present feeling degraded or unappreciated who travels to the ancient past where she becomes irresistible to the gods. She achieves goddess status herself. That's a clever inversion on your part. Now, I know you didn't write your poem in response to hers. You selected it. But it's so interesting to me how um, a poet can select one of her own poems and that she's already written and place it next to someone else's poem, and they enter into a kind of dialogic relationship. What, what do you think of uh, how I've brought these two together. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't quite thought of it in that same way, Stephen, but I think that that's absolutely accurate. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that these two poems go really, really well together. And, you know, they both kind of play on these mythological characters and they both kind of paint women in this light of being, you know, immortal goddesses. Mm -hmm. Well, I look forward to reading more of your work, Katie. Which of your books would you recommend for anyone who wants to read more of your poetry? So my latest book is Goddess Wears Cowboy Boots from Lamar University Literary Press, and it was published in 2014. Um, I have a previous book of poetry also, The Garden Uprooted from SLU Press, which was published in 2012. And do you have a website? I do, katherinehearth.com. All right. It's been such a pleasure to visit with you today, Katie Hearth. Texas Poets Podcast is the creation of Terry Jude Miller and is produced by Ann McCready at Inspiratory.com with creative support from Texas Poet Laureate Carla K. Morton. The music for this show was performed by Edmund Freita. Additional support is provided by Texas Christian University. Our website is texaspoetspodcast.com. We welcome donations. The address for contributions is on our website. 
I'm your host, Stephen Soros. Join us each month for a new podcast in the Texas Poets podcast series to learn more about the poets of Texas.